Blog Talk Radio.
the guy that does this all the time said the worst his career it was the worst one and he ever had to fuse together. <laughs> surgery surgery is only supposed to take three hours and I was in there seven. So I just want so, to so, it's just crazy on. how like, you know, the how you can break an ankle and then, you know, you just set it normally or whatever, but then you have one that is so catastrophic over something stupid. You just tripped over something in the house. It wasn't even that big a deal. And, uh, you yeah. just, you just never know. You just never know, man. What's when, when, when something like that's going to happen. Yeah. I know, man. All the mirrors in the ring, you know, no breaking broken ankles, but my, a lot of that lot that had to do with that was the boots that we wear. They're good ankle support. Mm-hmm. That's real good about that. But, that, you know, Granny, Scott, how y'all doing, brother? How y'all doing? Well, I'm, um, uh, I'm, I'm, get, I'm getting by with uh, all my issues, and I have a lot of them, but I, uh, I'm getting, I'm getting through it, you know. Okay. Well, good deal, man. Glad to hear that. Hey, right. Granny, how are you? Oh, I, I'm okay. I had a busy weekend. We had our set convention in Little Rock for the Moose Lodge this past weekend, and. I just got back yesterday afternoon and uh, lost a, a family member last week, so it, it's been a rough week. But you know we're oh, hanging sorry. in there. So well, they weren't. Um, the man wasn't married to my mother, but they were together for many years after my daddy passed away, and he was like a so, grandfather yeah, to yeah. my son. So it's been, you know, it's been a tough, it's been a tough week. But you know, my mom's hanging in there. Um, you know, I I was kind of sad I couldn't go up there before it happened, but they had like eight inches of snow that night on that Friday night, the day before he died. And so had I gone up there, I would have been stuck up there and not been able to make it to my convention. So when weather gets nice, I'm going to go up and spend some time with my mom and, you know, see if what I need to help her with. The nice thing is the house that they were living in, rental house that his son owned, rent you know rents out and they've mm-hmm. worked out a deal where my mom's going to be able to stay there and live there and not going to have to pay any rent so that'll be good there, for yeah, her that's, so that's good deal that's good deal there granny was also great part of a wrestling show she was in a she was in a, a segment uh which televised so <laughs> yeah what was oh yes it? It was I, hey hey doug I, I i cut a promo with the magnificent malico at the last wfc show you know so yeah, it oh, turned yeah. out pretty good. It tur- I'll have to send you the video. It turned out pretty yeah, good. Yeah, that, man. Yeah, send me that. I can see that. That'd be good. That's cool. Yeah, y'all was just talking oh. about Raw. You know, Raw, I was going to watch a little bit of Raw. They, they, uh, they are getting unpredictable now. Since we're all talking how good they're doing, I'll probably fall off the wagon next week and start predicting everything, you know? Yeah, well, Icon, uh, I don't know if you've gotten a chance to watch it, but basically um, the thing to me tonight that got me uh kind of to go oh wow you know was uh obviously you know becky lynch they, they did the whole announcer's curse thing you know where where the announcer says something and then it happens so basically they they put this whole big story on about how becky lynch you know is going to get arrested if she interferes in a match again and all this and i'm sitting there thinking all right well obviously they're spending so much time on this obviously becky's going to show up right <laughs> So what do you know? Yeah. It's Natalia and Ronda Rousey versus the Riot Squad, and well, who shows up? It's Becky Lynch. So I'm like, all right, here we go. It's predictable. I mean, anyone can see this coming from a mile away. But after the match, Ronda Rousey called out Vince McMahon, and uh, she said, 
and this is a spoiler alert, anybody who hasn't watched it yet, you know, put your earplugs in or something, but um, basically said, Vince, get out here, I want to settle this, and Stephanie Kemp comes out, and basically Ronda was saying, hey, you know, um, I want you to reinstate Becky, I, I'm at my wit's end here, I can't keep getting attacked, I can't keep having my matches be DQs, like, I want to teach Becky a lesson, like, reinstate her, and, you know, obviously Stephanie said no, um, Ronda was getting progressively more pissed off. And finally, Ronda said, I demand that you do this. Stephanie said, well, no, you know, you know who I am, yada, yada. So then Ronda mm-hmm. basically Stephanie of making a mockery of the belt and saying that there's a chosen champion and not a fighter's champion and not best for business and all this. Ronda laid the belt down in the middle of the ring and left. And, uh, and as of right now, based, based on the storyline, as of right now, they no longer have a women's main event at WrestleMania. So that's the interesting thing. I thought for sure, I mean, because I think anybody knows, anybody who knows how wrestling kayfabe storylines work, anybody know, could tell you, okay, it's going to be a triple threat. It's just how's Becky going to get reinstated? And you'd think it would be something, you know, where she challenges one of the McMahons and wins or, it, it, you know, something to make her look like the man, quote unquote, her winning a match that they say, okay, well, you know, you can come back if you win or blah, blah, blah. I, something, something predictable like that. But the fact that now Stephanie and Triple H are in a position where they almost have to reinstate her or they won't have a match is, is pretty interesting to me uh, as to how that's, how that's all going to work. So um, yeah. I think the one thing, one thing they've done recently that they've got right, to be honest with you. Cool. Also today we gotta to tell happy birthday to Nate Nate Nature Boy. He's birthday today. Ric Flair. Yes, it is, and they've been talking about that. In fact, he just arrived on Raw. Um, you know, he, yeah, I tell does. you what though, is it me or or are there times when Ric Flair, you know, he, he's seventy tonight. For those of you who don't know, um, mm. Ric Flair sometimes to me looks like he's. 50 in his 50s like he looks good he's in good shape he's dancing around he's doing the woo he's doing all this and then there's times he's on tv man well he looks like he's on his deathbed you know what i'm saying i mean he looks 80 plus easily so you know know there are times he looks like he's 90 years old and i'm just like which rick flair are we gonna see because i mean sometimes i'm concerned for him and then sometimes i'm like this guy's gonna live forever so you just never know you know it's crazy yeah yeah you're right I i see the same thing well, you know what, guys? I, as long as we're talking about birthdays, today is oh. my husband David's birthday. Oh. So birthday, we kind of celebrated his birthday early over the weekend when we were at our moose convention, you know, with our friends and stuff. So, But today is my husband's birthday. So happy birthday, mm-hmm. David. So. Happy birthday, brother. Well, you know, here's what's interesting. You know, your birthday is during our show. Uh, your husband's birthday is during our show. Uh, uh, um, mine is the day before, and uh, Doug Masters is the day before, and uh, Big Swing is the, the the day after. How come? How come you get all the glory? Well, this year. Well, you know what? Uh, because year, I'm, man, gran- I'm Granny. I am Granny Icon. I am special. <laughs> no, not really, fans. I am not special. I am Granny Holster. It just that's just the way it, it fell. Well, you know, she's I mean, in the old folks' home, man. She she runs the show. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I just like I just tell everybody, like I told a wrestler one time, they asked me at a wrestling show, didn't I have a curfew back at the nursing home? And I grabbed my keys out of my purse and I said, baby, I don't need no curfew. I own the building. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, keep in the building. He was totally speechless. He didn't know what to say after that. But what she failed to mention was that she has keys to the building because she's part of the janitorial department. So she left that part out. Um, but uh, Icon, uh, uh, I, Icon, who do we got coming on tonight? All right, well, we got, uh, we got a three-guest night, as alluded to before. We have uh, the legendary... Uh, Barbara Goodish, uh, she was uh, married to a guy by the name of Frank Goodish. Uh, and yep. he'll tell us who Frank Goodish is, but we're not going to reveal that right now. Uh, yep. We have uh, Aaron uh, Grosshearth. Uh, he is uh, the owner and operator and promoter of the great wrestling organization, RPW Reactive Pro Wrestling. And we have Travis Mayhem. He's not only unofficial, but he's starting his own wrestling company. And if the if the interview works out tonight, he might start advertising with us as well. So there's going to be great. oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah, there you go. So, and, so, so, so just don't scare him away, Icon. Just don't scare him away. I want to send out real quick uh, to Casey Lennox. She was supposed to be on with us. Her grandfather. She found out today that he only has 24 hours left to live. Oh. So she had to cancel her appearance, and we want to send our love and prayers and support to her and her family tonight. Most she was supposed to be on with us when? When was she supposed to be on? Tonight. She was supposed tonight. to be on okay. tonight. All right, yeah, so of course that's, yeah, that's not going to happen. Family always comes first. So, uh, yeah, hopefully, and you know, first, everything Our first guest should be calling shortly. So Yeah, not a problem. Um, so... Okay, here's another thing. Where do you think Dean Ambrose is going to go? Because I, it's been announced that Dean Ambrose will not be renewing his contract with WWE uh, because of the excuse that a lot of them use, and that is that he is uh, unhappy with his creative development and, and his, his, uh, the way that they're using his character. Uh, do you think he goes to a bigger company like an Impact Wrestling, or do you think we, we see him in something like Ring of Honor? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, or, or or something smaller, even like that, like a more independent promotion. What's the name of that one where Cody Rhodes and them win? I I, I think he might end up going uh, something like that. AEW. Yeah. I've heard rumors that he may be going there. Yeah, Batista's supposed to be going there, too, I heard. And Because uh, they got guys. Uh, what's his name? Off out of all Japan, Kenny Omega. He's already signed up for him. Uh, Kenny Omega Jericho. signed on. Jericho. Jericho. Uh, yeah, Jericho has. There's uh, the Texas Hangman from uh, uh, Ring of Honor. There's a bunch of us going off Ring of Honor. Uh, just signed on with them already. So it's be interesting what any Ring of Honor does. They're going to bring up some talent. There's going to be a lot of guys off the independent probably getting jobs there, which is good. You know. But yeah, I I'm just I, I'm just saying like like Roman I I get it the whole Shield breakup thing and they had to do it because of the Roman's cancer and all that you know the Shield yeah uh, but but uh, but they you know they have Dean Ambrose facing Drew McIntyre right now in a no disqualification match you know uh, my prediction uh, would be McIntyre is going to win. Guys. 
Yeah, we got him. We got him on. Um, okay. But I'm just saying, like, like they're going to have him lose again. And it's just kind of like, ugh, I get it, dude. You're driving people away from the company. It kind of sucks. But we'll get into that in a minute. Um, a 386 area code icon. I assume that's who it's supposed to be. Yep. All righty. I am going to let you do your thing. I'll uh, step aside for one quick minute here. And uh, they are now on. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, footage. and you're yeah, listening. Ladies, ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, the legendary spouse of the business. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, we've been crushing this one for a while. I give you the lovely Barbara Goodish. Well, How's it going, Barbara? Well, thank you so much, and, you know, I guess I'm listening to the Attitude Era live, right, with the host, the icon, the big swing, Granny Holster, and, what is this, the legend, Pretty Boy Doug Masters, thank you for having me on. Thanks for being awesome. on. Thank you for being on. Awesome, and we usually do the promo later in the show, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll make it work. Uh, okay. well, you got to tell me this. <laughs> oh, no, that's okay. Well, before we can continue... Uh, for people who don't know, uh, I believe you were married to uh, a gentleman by the name of Frank Goodish. Is that correct? That is correct. And uh, he goes by a different name. What was that name that he went by? Well, he went by Bruiser Brody. He went by King Kong Brody. He went started off with the Hammer. So he's had several different names in the uh, wrestling business, depending on where he was. The Hammer, of course, was his first name. And then it was Vince Sr. that gave him the name Bruiser Brody. And then when he went to the other territory where there was Dick the Bruiser, they couldn't have two bruisers in the same territory. So then they had a match to see who would regain the name Bruiser. And, of course, it was Dick the Bruiser, and then he became King Kong Brody. Oh, wow. Awesome. And uh, uh, tell us, how did you first meet uh, Bruiser Brody, uh, and I'll, I'll I'll do a two part question. When you first met him, did he come up to you and say, uh, "Well, hey, I'm uh, Frank Brody," or did he say, "Hey, I'm Bruiser Brody, and uh, I'll, I'll pin you for the one, two, three if you don't date me"? How did that go about? No, no, nothing like that. I just happened to be working the front desk. I was working in a hotel in Sydney, Australia. And I just happened to be working the front desk, and it was a hotel where all the guys used to stay when they toured the Australian New Zealand territories back in those days. And, you know, there was, when you deal with a lot of these people, I never have never gone to a wrestling match. They were just brothers. You know, they were just brothers because there were no computers and there was no cell phones back in those days. So when I got the mail, I used to go, I'd hand out the mail. And, of course, you know, when you're in a strange country and you don't have communication, they would just tell me about their families and show me pictures of their kids. So I was just like a big sister to all of them. Well, I just happened to be working the front desk when uh, Frank uh, checked in that day. Well, to me, he was just an ordinary person. I mean, he wasn't anyone special. He was just an ordinary person. He was under the impression because he was he was actually doing an overseas tour that he was somebody. And he always used to say, well, you just treated me like an ordinary person. And I said, well, that's who you were. Until one night when I happened to be working a late shift and they had all come back from the matches in Sydney. 
And my boss, who was an American gentleman, he he was a, he had the Texas Tavern where the boys stayed, and then he had a bourbon and beef uh, bar that was you know up the road. So they just had to say, well, you know, you just finished work too. Why didn't you come up with all of us and, you know, have a drink with us? Because you couldn't have a drink. Where you work, you don't drink in the same place where you work at. But to go up to another place, you, you know, that was allowed, especially after work when you worked and, you know, you have a, you know, you don't feel like it. It's not like a nine-to-five job, as you know. And so we just happened to be sitting there. There was all sorts of midgets and giants and who knows how many other different, well, there was like, I think about 10, 12 of the other boys that happened to be there. And one of the ones that I became really good friends with was Killer Carl Krupp, you know. So we went up we went up there, and it just so happened that one by one, the boys started to disappear. They'd get up from their table and say, hey, we'll be back. Well, this happened quite a bit, and in the finish, there were three of us sitting there. And then Carl got up and said, well, don't worry, I'll be right back. Well, that just left Frank and myself. I found out later that he worked me, that that was his way to get me by myself so he could talk to me. He had already arranged it with the boys to do this, so he was already working back in those days. (laughs) Cool. (laughs) And... uh... Do you uh, do you remember what your, you know, when you went out on your first date, where he took you, and uh, how uh, how long did you date before he uh, asked the question? Well, as I said, what it really was, it wasn't really dating for a long time. It was just a friendship. It wasn't really a date. You know, sometimes it was several months before actually progressed to something other than a friend than you know friendship because when you're not dating you're yourself you're not anybody else when people go out on dates for the first time they always try to pretend they're somebody some you know that they're not because they're trying to impress the other person well i was just me this was this is just what you get and just like i said i think in a relationship if you become friends first it makes for a much more you know a much more deeper relationship because you've been yourself from the very beginning and it hasn't been a date, so to speak. It's just been a friendship that develops into something else. Now, uh, Bruiser, um, we had, uh, we had a guest on, uh, uh, about four months ago and he goes by the name of Tommy Jack McGee and uh, he is going to be calling in here because he wanted to ask you a few questions. He wanted to let you know how uh, how much, uh, like myself, how much your husband influenced him. He has a boat <clears throat> rope that he that he brings to the ring. He calls it Brody after oh. your husband, Bruiser. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> and he uh, he he kind of adapted your husband's wrestling style in his career. And he uh, he just wanted to call and uh, talk to you about that real, uh, you know. Uh, so he'll be calling in in a while. I'm sure he's listening. He knows when to call in if you if you wouldn't mind taking a call or two. No, not at all. See, this was it, that Frank always just wanted to give the fans, you know, the best night of their life and that they would leave there and remember him. Well, this is 30 years later, and he left such a legacy because when I go on – when I go to these shows like the CAC in Vegas and then I was in Philadelphia a couple of weeks ago, 
and I go to St. Louis. Herb Simmons has a Bruiser Brodie Memorial and uh, then the Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame in Wichita Falls. When I, when I was in Philly, I, two stories. One, I was in Vegas and one when I was in Philly a couple of weeks ago. This, this young gentleman comes up. He has... He has a tattoo of Abby and Frank on his arm. His whole arm is covered with oh, Abby wow. and Frank. And, you know, I asked him, he's only 21 years old. He knew all about Frank. You know, this is a, a, a young gentleman, 21 years old, who wasn't even born when Frank passed on. And that was like in Vegas, too. There was another young gentleman came up to me, and he, he read the book. He knew all about Frank. He was wrestling, starting his wrestling career. Same thing. He was only 29 years old. He wasn't born when Frank was, uh, you know, when Frank passed. So this, to me, I mean, it just, I couldn't believe it because this kind of showed me what a legacy this man left, that you have uh, kids they're not kids, they're young adults. <laughs> to us, they're kids, but they're young adults. And they were not even alive when he passed. And they're following and, you know, following everything and reading the books and seeing the matches. And, you know, to me, that is just, that's a legacy. I can't believe he left such a legacy. And uh, I, I know we we uh, agreed, you know, not to talk about it, but I uh, I do remember when I first heard uh, about Bruder, uh, uh, Bruiser's passing, and um, it it did hit me. It hit me badly uh, because he was one of my heroes, and uh, I always liked to watch him wrestle. And uh, when I heard about it, you know, it it really hit me. And I want to thank you for taking time out of your schedule to be on with us. We have uh, Barbara Goodish on with us. We got about twenty minutes here left with you. Um, now. They are. They either did or are doing a DVD uh, about Bruiser's legacy. Is that correct? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, High Spots. I think High Spots have a video that has just come out, a DVD. I think that uh, they came. I they interviewed me. Then they did a. They went around a lot of the wrestlers that knew him and that, and they've done the. You know, they've done. It's a three DVD set that a high spots did and then of course i a lot of us did an interview with vice network about everything too that is meant to be coming out as a wrestling series not just him of you know all the strange occurrences that have happened in wrestling i mean talking about you know chris adams and the von erickson you know the strange encounters which of course you know frank was one of the strange encounters so they they came and did a interview too so i'm sure that's going to be coming out on their network sometime in the next few months now you um uh correct me if i'm wrong because uh, i am a lot now are were you writing a book as well yes i wrote a book this was in 2007 wrote a book uh brody the trials and tribulations Trials and tribulations, I think, are for wrestling's. No, see, it's so. It's called Brody, and uh, it's. Uh, let me get you the full title. Yeah, I wrote a book with Larry Matisak, who was the co-author, who also just passed away at the end of last year. 
It's the the book is called The Triumph and Tragedy of Wrestling's Rebel, and the, you know Brody is the headline though. And then, so Larry did the wrestling side of it because he was very close to Frank, and he knew Frank was very honest. He knew the truth about the side of it. I knew the truth about the personal side of it because there's a lot of embellishments out there about a whole lot of different things, as I'm sure you've read a lot of different things. And there's really only a couple of people that exactly, you know what I mean, knew the truth. And, uh, of course, Larry Mattisat was very close. He worked with Sam Muchnick in, you know, St. Louis, and then with Herb Simmons in the, you know, St. Louis uh, territory. And Frank would do the little shows with Herb Simmons, and they got very close. And Frank would, you know, he knew Frank would talk to him honestly, and he's a very, he was a very honest gentleman. So I knew all his stories were 100% true because I could, t- I read it, and they were a lot of the stories that Frank would tell me. So, you know, because I was never going to do a book or anything like that, especially about that what we said we're not really talking about. But it was very, you know, it was very healthy for me to actually put everything down on paper and get it, you know, get it all out of my head because it was a pretty, it was a tragedy what happened and everything that happened afterwards too. But, so, yeah, so uh, it, it, it's the truth. It's like I said, I, I got on the Internet. In fact, it was my son that kind of, wasn't so much talked me into the book, but told me that something, because when computers, computers first came out, I had gone to visit him. He's in, he was in Austin, Texas, still is. And he said, I've got a computer. Why don't you type in Dad's name? So, you know, I typed in Bruiser Brody. And I know there's a lot more on it right now. I couldn't believe. When I started reading some of it, it was, it was like, it was laughable, to be honest. But once it's on the Internet, it's there for life. So yeah. the the untruths are there for life. So I figured as I write a book, at least there is a truthful version of everything. Now, uh, would, uh, and I, I believe I'd asked you about this before, uh, might uh, we be able to get a copy or two, autographed copy of the book for uh, giveaways for our fans? I can give you one copy. I'm just about out. I'm waiting for another sh- uh, shipment, but I can I can send you a couple of DVDs. Okay, cool. Yeah, I sent you the address. Now uh, we have uh, uh, we have uh, Barbara Goodish on. We have about fifteen minutes here left. Uh, we'll try and stretch it to twenty. If uh, I know it's late where you're at, uh, because uh, you know you you know you're in an hour ahead of us, like uh, everybody else on the show except me. But uh, 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 we'll st- uh, I'm sure our co-host got some uh, things. Uh, first off, uh, we'll go with uh, Big Swing. What do you got? He's not there. Granny, what do you got? Wow. Um, well, pretty much, um, you pretty much asked everything that I was thinking of, uh, Icon. But, you know, I, I but j- just so you know, Barbara, I am not a wrestler. I am a big fan of the business. And I remember watching Bruiser, Bruiser Brody wrestle back in the day. I mean, I've watched wrestling for years. My husband, my son, he's 32 years old. I mean, we are all wrestling fans. And my my gimmick name that I have, I got that name because <clears throat> I holler at all the bad guys at wrestling shows that I go to. <laughs> Very good. So that's that that's where I came up. That's where they came up with the name Granny Holster at because I love wrestling, and mm-hmm. I have a friend in Oklahoma that does independent wrestling shows 
for kids that have got cancer called Wrestling for a Cause that I'm very much involved in. I love that. Anything like that, I just think it's great. Because, you know, there's so many people that need help, and to be able to give back, Mm -hmm. I think, is one of the best things that anybody can do in life. uh, uh, Doug, what do you got? Yeah, ma'am, it's, uh, it's an honor to be able to speak to you. I sure appreciate taking your time. That's Doug Masters. Uh, did, was Frank, uh, I've heard stories about, was he a, a school teacher at one time? No, he was a football player. He went, okay. you know, after college, he went football player, got picked up by the Washington Redskins, didn't quite make it, came back down to what, San Antonio, to the, what do you call those, the leagues that aren't quite the NFL and uh, uh, yeah. then after that happened, he uh, I think he met Ivan Putsky, if I remember, in one of the gyms, who I think introduced him into the wrestling side of it. And uh, being, uh, being a football player and ha- being uh, athletic, as we know, that a lot of the ex-football players go into wrestling. Okay. So, okay, and then yeah, he did, cool. yeah, his only other... One of his other jobs was he was a uh, sports writer for a couple of the papers. One of the papers was the San Antonio Express News. So he kind of yeah, was going into journalism. That's what, I, think it, I think that's where I got the idea that he might have been a school teacher from. But, yeah, oh, pardon me. Yeah. yeah, he was a journalist for, I think, in, uh, somewhere up uh, somewhere up above Dallas, I think. I, I don't remember, can't remember exactly where, but I know it was the San Antonio Express News. So, yes, he he wrote, uh, he did the sports, uh, you know, sports in the yeah. paper. Awesome, cool. Now, Do you, now we know that, uh, I'm sorry, Doug, go ahead. No, I'm right, that's all right, brother, go ahead. Good. Okay, well, you know, we all know that uh, uh, Bruiser uh, sometimes played a heel. Um, a lot of the times he did, and uh, uh-huh. many times, many times he was known for uh, when he was wrestling, making the guy that he's wrestled uh, as good as he could uh, make him, whether the guy was green or blue or red or what have you. But when uh, you you mentioned that you didn't know who he was when you first met him when you worked at the hotel as a as a front desk gal. But when you went to your first match and you saw him, you're, were you like, oh, my God, is this who I'm going out with? You no, you know, the funny thing is I probably never saw a match. Probably I've only seen a handful of his live matches. I never went to the matches. That was his work. I was at I was the home body, so just a few times. The few times I've seen the match was uh, in Texas when he did the Texas Territory with Blanchard and uh, Fritz. If it was close to the house, because we had a house in Texas, you know, back then. If it was close to the house, he would drive with and take me and Jeff. And even then, we didn't always go to the matches like if it was Corpus Christi. Me and Jeff would go walk along the, uh, you know, walk along the streets and see the sights and meet him after the matches. So, to be honest, I really didn't see him wrestle live. The only time that I can remember that I really saw him, he was in St. Louis, and he had a match with Ric Flair. It was one hour, and it was... I. I mean, that match was, 
perfect because the Japanese were filming it, and both of them, it was it was a real match. They matched each other up, and it was it was a great match. I think a lot of people still talk about that today about the hour match that he did with Flair because it was pure wrestling. And I know he was a character, and I know the, you know strange things he did in the ring, but I never saw it. I'd seen it. Sometimes he'd watch tapes. He'd bring tapes back from Japan because he always wanted to learn and improve. This is how you do. You study. So I know a couple of times he'd be watching the match. But that's the same thing. Japan was another thing where it was near enough like pure wrestling. With the, you know, so gimmick matches I never did get to see, to be honest. And I know there were some gimmick matches because people tell me, you know, they'll come and tell me, I remember this match. And I remember, and I said, well, he left him. He did leave a memory. Now, uh, there is a, and you I mentioned it, there is a Bruiser Rhodey Jr., isn't there? Yes, there is. He's, he's 38. Uh, how old is he now? He's, he's 38. 38. Now. He's 38 now because he was seven when his dad died. You know, so he uh, had... Go ahead, sir. Go ahead, sir. Go ahead. Yeah, me? Yeah, he was was only seven when his dad died, so he really didn't, really didn't get to know his father at all, which is, uh, which was a shame that he never had that opportunity. And uh, he, now, is he um, pursuing a... Uh, a career in the business or is he kind of steering away from that? He, all he knows that the business took his dad away from him and that's, that's, yeah, he would never have, uh, he never did pursue. I'm sure if his dad had been alive, like all the other sons of fathers, he probably would have got in the business because just about all the, everyone that has a son is usually somehow, you know, connected with the business. But no, he, in fact, for the first time, uh, this device network, they took me to Austin. They flew me into Austin to do the interview, which was really great because I got a chance to see my son. And it's the first time he's actually sat down and talked about it, which was, you know, because they asked him, do you want to sit down? And he, well, he kind of, well, yeah. And uh, first time he's ever really appeared, like it hasn't come out yet, but he's never he's never appeared anywhere. But the question that really got me, because everybody, you know, they asked him what his memories are about his father. And he said, I don't have any memories. Every, uh, something like, and that's true because everybody knows him. Everybody has memories about his dad, but he doesn't have memories about his dad. It kind of got me right in the heart. I thought, oh, my gosh. First time I'd heard him kind of, you know, talk about that. But he, he answered the question honestly. They asked him that, and he said, I, I, I have no memories. No. He's, uh, you know, he's 38, and I'm, I just turned 41, so that means he would have been born in 81? 80. He was born 80. in 1980. So he's 39 in November. He, yeah, 30. Yeah, he'll be yeah, 39 I, uh, in November. Uh, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll admit, my uh, my math skills aren't, uh, <laughs> aren't exactly what they should be, but uh, so with, uh, with all your... Um, with all your um, 
you know, memories of the business. You know, you mentioned, you know, you didn't really go to many matches and you, you didn't get to really hang backstage. But when you did get to go to matches that you saw, what was what would you say was uh, probably uh, next to Bruiser was the coolest wrestler that you got to meet uh, uh, being uh, at, a, at an event or at the arena or at an after party or whatnot? Well, I would have to say and this wasn't at a, this was not uh, at a match or anything. I think the coolest one was in Australia with Andre the Giant. I think that was the coolest. The one that I remember the most was was a knowing Andre the Giant, and you know, because how can you beat that? Did he try and pick you up? No, no. No, he didn't pick me up, but he, he, I know he used to do that a lot for uh, publicity photos. But I saw him because he'd put his clothes in for the dry cleaning, and we we would they would mm-hmm. call us down and say, "Look at this," you know. I mean, and they would call say, "Do you know what he ate for breakfast?" Or do you know that? I mean, people couldn't even fathom, you know, just what a and he was a really really nice gentleman, but what what kept him going and we always used to look at him when he would go to the uh, matches and he would wear the car because Australia we Australia had small cars and it was always watching him try to get into these little cars when they came to pick him up so oh. you know, oh, be, yeah, yeah I mean to be honest that's a memory you know what I mean when you talk about who the memory that comes into my mind when you ask that question, it would have to be Andre the Giant. And I have met so many people. I mean, I was with Abdullah two weeks ago. Now, Abdullah is a Abdullah and Frank had a lot of good matches too, I know. So I was with, you know, two weeks ago I was with Abdullah. I was with Stan Hansen, who was my best friend. And I was with J.J. Dillon. So I, I was there and I was sitting, we were sitting we were all staying in the same hotel, and I'm sitting in the bar with the, these uh, uh, gentlemen, and I was thinking, especially Stan and oh. JJ, I've known I've known these two for oh. over 40 years, and it was kind of strange when we looked at each other and said, 40 years? Did you know that's how long?" <laughs> you know, I was I was kind of curious uh, if you know if if you can and if you can't, I understand you know. Uh, Stan Hansen, uh, of course, he was uh, good friends with Bruiser, and he was also in the movie uh, No Holes Barred. He's the guy that made the uh, famous uh, line, well, if it ain't the teeny wangers, you know. Uh, that was, uh, <laughs> he still talks like that. <laughs> that uh, would, would, you, would you be able to hook me up with him so we can have him as a guest on our show? I, I will see. I always, people ask that. I always text him. And then I give an I give a number out, and I let him if he wants to, he will. If not, because he's pretty quiet, you know, he's pretty quiet. He does a few appearances, and I think he's just been in Japan with Abby. It was Abby's retirement party over in Japan this last week. So they were, sure. you well, know, they I'll were. I'll, uh, I'll text you my number. You can pass it to him if you know if he can. Great. If not, I will understand. I I, I yeah. would appreciate you can do that. I uh, I do we that. We have uh, Barbara finishes our guest here. We have uh, we have just a few more minutes left here, and I do apologize. Uh, uh, I just sent you the wrong phone number. I'll resend it. <laughs> uh, okay. But um, you, use the second one, the ending in 8784. 
Okay. So uh, if our fans wanted to, uh, you know, check you out and, uh, you know, follow you and, uh, you know, catch up on your appearances and, you know, like different Hall of Fames that Bruiser might be going into, uh, you got a Facebook, you got an Instagram, you got a YouTube, you got a Twitter. What do you got out there? I got a Twitter and I've got a Facebook. And if there's any fans out there that are interested in uh, looking at Brody, he has his own Facebook page called Bruiser Brody, you know, hardcore. So he actually has his own Facebook page, which I'm fascinated because people post pictures that I have never seen before. There's a lot of personal pictures that people have taken over the decades, you know, way back then that they've found is pictures of him working so it's a must for anybody that you know wants to follow him and just that bruiser brody hardcore it's on facebook just send them a uh, you know uh, a request and they usually get back and then you can go into the site and see everything and uh, do you think uh, uh your your son might would uh, ever do an appearance on the show I would have to ask, like I said, the only thing he's if I can't even get him to come to any, because sometimes they would like to take him to these appearances, you know, but I can't even get him to do that. He is just suddenly starting to get into, you know, he's suddenly realizing just how important his dad is, and he's getting to that age where he's, uh, well, you know, yourself, you know, uh, understanding a lot more than he did. He's becoming a little bit more, you know, uh, what do you call that, to do something like that. But so far, like I said, the only thing he's ever done is uh, do that Vice Network. But I, I will ask him, I sure will ask him, like I will ask uh, ask Frank, uh, Frank, uh, ask Stan. Stan. But Stan has yeah, been a I, marvel. Uh, yeah, as a matter of fact, I, I, did, uh, I did send your son a message, so uh, if, he, if he'd want to respond to that, that'd be uh, – That'd be cool. Uh, and uh, we're, we're about to wrap this up, but I'll tell you, I, I do want to let you know that uh, it's been such an honor to be able to chat with you, to have you on yes, the show. Has. And uh, we'd like to have you on. Uh, I don't know if you'd be willing to come on again if we didn't scare you too much. No, but, you didn't. <laughs> uh, well, that's good, because uh, you'd, you'd be the only one that had, that I didn't scare. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But uh, and I love and I love her I love her accent icon I love that accent that she has I love that that is amazing. Well, thank you. And and I and I love when she when she says icon with that accent I I just love it you know it's awesome. Do you get so icon, we do over have, your arms hey, um, icon? Icon I did just get back into the studio we do have two callers on I'm not sure if one is somebody who wants to talk to Barbara or if okay. there are guests. Um, but one's an eight one two number, one's a five oh nine. Didn't you say somebody was calling and wanted to talk to her at some point? I can't. Tommy Jack yeah. McGee. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I'll tell you who to put through here. Uh, eight one two has been on hold for six minutes. Okay, that's probably uh, that's probably the one that wants to talk to uh, Barbara. Can, can you All hang right. on for just a little bit, Barbara? Yes. No, that's no problem. Yeah, they're they're, they're pushed through. They're on. Go ahead. Caller, you're on. Go ahead. Y'all got me on? Yeah, go ahead. Who is hey, it? this is Wild and Free, Tommy Jack McGee. It's, it's such an honor to 
listen to Mrs. Bruiser out there. Uh, way back in world-class championship wrestling, Dallas Sportatorium, Fort Worth, all the great places that I saw Bruiser Brody made such an impact on me. And uh, I know that uh, Barbara is a Facebook fan or Facebook friend of mine, but I, I want to tell her personally the impact as Bruiser uh, made upon me as a child affected me for the rest of my life and really encouraged me to get into wrestling myself. And I carry around with me to the ring a certain bullwhip. Now, Bruiser, to my knowledge, did not have a whip. He didn't really need one because he'd just go around and he'd whip whoever he needed to. Well, but my whip is my whip is named Brody for that very reason. And it's wow. just an honor. It's an honor to hear you. And uh, I want to tell you, uh, Bruiser Brody has, uh, does, and forever will hold a special place in my heart. Uh, just a fascinating uh, wrestler, wonderful legacy, and uh, uh, memories of him stretch from one end of Texas to the other. Oh but my God! God bless you and your family. Well, well, thank you so much. And mentioning the Sportatorium, boy, that takes me back with all the greats that went through the Sportatorium. And I think they've torn it down now or something. It doesn't even exist anymore. But what a lot of That's great correct. memories and and a lot of uh, great wrestlers have come through the Sportatorium. Uh, I remember numerous matches with Brody. Of course, the Von Erichs were there. Iceman King Parsons. Uh, a lot of great legends came through there. But uh, Brody was always one of the one of the greatest wrestlers in my mind. One of the guys who just Loved to see, uh, and always, always had the fans on his side. Uh, and for a little, little guy like me, he was a giant in wrestling. And uh, uh, I understood he always had a heart of gold. But boy, and I remember back in those days, we could take our uh, programs up to ringside, raise them up, and the wrestlers would go ahead and pick the program and they'd autograph them right there at ringside and I had Brody's autograph before but uh, Brody always made an impression on me uh, but even back then as a little kid on my daddy's knee and, uh, such an impact such an impact to me as an individual as I stated I'm a wrestler now and a lot of it uh, comes from the encouragement uh, of seeing Brody in the ring well, thank thank you for that. That was very nice what you had just said. You know, because when they treat when he was treated right, you couldn't find a better person. But if you didn't follow through on what you said you were going to through, then, as we know, that was part of you know the reputation. He was hard to do business. No, you just kept it honest, and he would do anything for you. Well, that's how the business is. I mean, in my opinion, that's how the business needs to be. It's a, it's about respect. And if you can't get the people to respect what you're doing and what uh, respect their end of the deal, you got to kind of step up. To me, that's part of he, – he was a representation of the common man. He was standing up for the boys. And that's how I took it every single um 
story that I've heard in, in regard to him standing up. It's about respect. And he, he definitely deserved it. And then, then a lot of times when people were over, when the, the young ones went over to Japan, he would try to mentor them and show them how to get on in Japan. Because if you remember Johnny Mantel, he tells me mm-hmm. some great stories too. I do remember Johnny Mantel. And you, you mentioned that Stan Hansen. Stan Hansen was a tag team partner of his um, quite often mm-hmm. there in Japan as well. Another good old Texas boy came through. But, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I just wanted to inform you that Brody was such an impact to me. Still is. His memory is definitely not forgotten. And I take uh, Bullwhip, name Brody, yeah, I was just to the say, ring. You're, you're taking, taking him in the ring with you every time you go with the Bullwhip. That, I like that story. That's, that's a great story. Thank you for sharing. Hey, no problem. Hey, hey guys, uh, you guys, I, I hate to cut this short, but we, we do have our, 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 our next guest ready to come on. But uh, uh, Tommy Jack, I appreciate you calling in and uh, I'm going to get in touch with you because uh, our fans are, are, are screaming to get, uh, get you back on. And uh, uh, you know, uh, I, we're booked until November uh, I'll be contacting you in a couple of days. Check your November calendar. Give me a Monday that you're available in November, and we'll get you back on, okay? Sounds, oh, sounds good. Sounds great. Thank, thank right, you Barbara. for having me on. Good to talk Thanks to you, Thanks for Tommy. being on, Barbara. You're awesome. And, uh, you're welcome. Uh, you thank could, you. you too. Bye. I sure would Ta-da. appreciate it. Thank you so much. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Awesome. Wow. That was cool. What did you guys think? What an interview. Well, I can't. I'm also, I'm going to text you over um, that number as well uh, for him so you can, you know, give him a shout um, also. Uh, okay. And we will we will go from there. Uh, we do have, a, right, I'm assuming, second guest on. on. So. Yep. Uh, put him on. I'll introduce him. All right. There he is. Ladies and gentlemen. Stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle. He is the newest king of wrestling promotions. He'll give you the reactive pro wrestling all the way to the top. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Aaron Grozars. Hey, man, how are you? I'm good, man. How are you? Now, tell me, was that not the best ring introduction you've ever had? That's definitely, definitely in the top two, for sure. Absolutely. And if you ever need a ring announcer, I am uh, I am looking for a job. <laughs> perfect, perfect. We we are actually uh, doing interviews for that right now. Awesome. Well, I just I just gave you my interview. Uh, get, give me a call and we'll take care of it. But anyway, uh, what we do here uh, after I introduce the guest, uh, we let them give us a little background about themselves. Then we ask them the questions. Uh, so if you want to give us a little background about yourself, then we'll talk to you. All right. So. I am Aaron Grossard, a.k.a. the Aaron Wild. I am the promoter behind Reactivate Professional Wrestling, which we are launching our first show uh, April 28th of this year. Um, I had a short career as a wrestler in the early 2000s, found myself really digging the other side of the business, but then I kind of disappeared from the whole thing for years uh, before uh, finding my passion again here uh, a couple years ago. So. (laughs) 
Yeah. So it's, now, uh, uh, you know, you, you mentioned that you're about to uh, launch uh, your your first show. Uh, where's that going to be? Uh, and if our fans want in your area want to get tickets, uh, can they? And uh, what's the venue? And uh, how many seats are you looking to fill? <clears throat> so the show, the show is here in the. It'll be in Richland, Washington, in the Tri Cities area. Um, add, just adding to this amazing, growing uh, Pacific Northwest wrestling scene that everyone's sleeping on. If you're not paying attention to what we're doing up here, you really should be. Um, and uh, it'll be at uh, Joker's Comedy Club in Richland. Uh, tickets go on sale here this week. Um, and uh, we're looking, I think with the venue right now, we've got about 250 seats to fill-ish. Um, we can probably hold more if we needed to. And how can fans get tickets? Do they have to go on the web? Do they get them at the door? Uh, they'll be available at the door. We also have a few sponsors locally that will be carrying them at their locations. Uh, Sunken Treasures Games in Richland, uh, the Uptown Phone and Electronics Repair, they'll have them. They can also reach out to us on our Facebook page at Reactivate Professional Wrestling, and I can always uh, ship them out as well. And uh, how much are tickets? Uh, tickets are ringside is 20 25 at the door. Uh, general admission is 10, uh, 15 at the door. And uh, do you know how many uh, matches you're going to have yet? Or are you still working on the card? I have nine. That card has been booked for a while. We've got nine matches. Are, are you willing to let us know who the matches are? Or uh, do fans have to show up to uh, find out? Oh, no, absolutely. I mean, as, as always, card is subject to change. But uh, we have, uh, let's see. Opening the night will be uh, the Polynesian Headhunter versus Chris Marks from uh, from uh, Northwest Pro Wrestling. Uh, we have uh, Ryan Anthony Duran taking on the Lumberzax. Uh, we have the A-Team, uh, Chase James and Jackson Price taking on the Gods of Rehab. Uh, we have um, he, the Mustache Selick, taking on DeMar Weathers. Uh, coming up from SoCal Pro Wrestling, we have uh, Dirty Doug facing uh, Manson Manny Rios. I have Shayla Carver facing off with CJ Stokes uh, in our women's match for the night. And then we have veteran J.D. Mason taking on the dynamic Rook Kelly. We have the Cook Bros taking on No More Heroes. And then our main event of the night will be a triple threat match with the Black Sheep, Dave Turner, facing off with Sonico Luchador and Ethan HD. So we have a pretty big stacked card. Those three guys especially are all doing real big things right now. So we're very lucky to have them. And uh, might you be able to hook us up with any of those wrestlers to be as guests on our show at some point? Absolutely. There's a lot of those guys who I would definitely recommend you talk to because they've got a lot of great things going. And, uh, of course, this is kind of an ego question, and our fans are listening live or as they listen to replay. They know this is coming because they're, they're already going, oh, God, he's going to ask it. But now if the icon were ever show up at one of your matches, do you think you might be able to get him on the guest list, uh, maybe a ringside seat or a backstage pass or something? Absolutely. You get out this way, I've got a VIP pass for you. Awesome. Now, how uh, often do you want to ha- run your shows? Uh, do you want to do uh, every other week, a uh, couple times a month, uh, every other month, uh, once a quarter? 
uh, once every few months. Uh, how often do you want to run your shows? And do you want to stay well, in one area? Or are you working on expanding to go all over? Well, the goal is obviously running as often as possible, as many locations as possible. But for right now, um, we are locked in with our venue to run every five to six weeks. I was planning the next show for June 2nd. However, I'm going to have to bump it back to the 9th because June 2nd is Ring of Honor in Portland, and I'll be going to that show. I'm not going to miss that opportunity. You're not going to get yourself involved in any of those matches, are you? Involved in any of the matches on my show? No, at Ring of Honor. Oh, no, 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 no. I, that's purely a fan thing. I, it's one of those, they're, they're coming to this, this Pacific Northwest in a rare visit. I, I don't want to miss that. You learn as much as you can whenever you can. Because I, I, I'd say I, I'd like to watch you jump the, uh, jump the barricade and uh, say, hey, you know, I'm a promoter too. I could take you on. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that's, only, that's only something I would do. But anyway, uh, right, right. Uh, we're, we're going to take a quick uh, time out here. Uh, we have uh, Aaron uh, Gotharth as our guest. Uh, I uh, sent you a script uh, to do a, a, uh, a liner. We're going to take care of that now, and then we're going to ask you the tough question. Okay, sounds good. All right, I'll touch down for five, then we'll do it. Here we go. Ready? Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, this is Aaron Grossart. You're listening to the Attitude Era Live with your host, the icon, the big swing, Granny Holster, and the legend, Pretty Boy Doug Masters. Now, speaking of uh, Granny and uh, Pretty Boy, uh, I'm going to let them uh, ask you some questions. Then I'm going to then I'm going to hit you with the tough one. So, uh, start with Granny. What do you got? Well, hello there, Aaron. <clears throat> I'm not a wrestler, first of all. I'm just a big, huge fan, and and I love giving the heels lots of grief. I mean, that's what I'm best known for doing. I, I love doing what I do. I love I love the business. I and I would love to be able – I live in Arkansas, but, hey, if Granny ever made it up your part of the woods, I would love to come check out one of your shows as well if I had the opportunity. Um, no, we'd love to I guess. I guess back when uh, you were actually wrestling, uh, what was one of your most challenging matches you've ever had when you were actually in the business? Um, I – made the mistake of getting myself involved in a fans bring the weapons uh, battle Royal <laughs> that I don't, re- I don't remember the last 10 minutes of. So yeah, that was a, uh, that was probably one of the, one of the hardest things that I had to deal with was the, I think that was probably one of the two concussions that led me to rethink what I was doing. Oh my. Well, the reason why, <laughs> the reason why I was laughing is because, um, there was a, a federation that ran in Arkansas for uh, several years, and the last show that they did in Fort Smith, Arkansas, it, the company was Traditional Championship Wrestling, and they always would televise their matches. And they had an eight-man elimination tag team match, and it was Tommy Dreamer, Scott Phoenix, King Shane Williams, and Americos against the Empire, Matt Rivera, um Golden Boy, Greg Anthony, Tim Storm, and uh, anyways, um, it got down to Matt Riviera and Tommy Dreamer. Well, at the time, mm-hmm. I had not had my first knee replacement surgery yet, so I was having to walk with a cane. 
Well, when you when you mentioned fans bring your own weapons match, um, one of the commentators because Tommy grabbed my cane out of my hand, and they were like, "Oh my God, he's got Granny Hulkster's cane!" And, and Brian Thompson, one of the commentators, was like, "Granny, Granny, what do you think you're doing? This isn't fans bring your own weapons match." That's why I laughed when you said that because That's I mean funny. he took Matt he he took Matt down to the floor. And he was twisted, and they're like, oh, my God, he's going down with the nether regions. And then he swings the cane, and it was one of those fold-up ones, so it looked like he broke it. And they're like, oh, my God, he broke Granny's cane. And then he comes and takes the cane and tucks the handle underneath Matt's tights and pulls up on the cane, like giving him a really bad wedgie and making him hop like a bunny rabbit. And I oh, mean, the no. crowd was just the crowd was just going wild, you know. And then he kind of brings me the the cane back by the strap. He says, "Granny, he says you might want to need to sanitize this. It's it's really stinky." <laughs> you know? Oh no! <laughs> but you know, you know, you know Tommy Dream, you know Tommy Dreamer. He just you know he uses any weapons he can get his hands on. But absolutely, you know the interesting thing, you know, since it's. Uh, Hurricane, and uh, you know it comes from Canada. We call it the Hurricana, is what it's called. Oh, jeez! And nice. the, the 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 great the great weapon of choice, the Hurricana, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I'm not from Canada, though. <laughs> yeah, but the cane is. It was made there. Uh, Doug, what do you got for our guest? Hi, brother. Nice to talk to you. You're speaking of Pacific Northwest. I worked a lot, a lot of for Mr. Don Owens back in the day. I, uh, oh wow! Going to ask your yeah. I was going to ask your question. Uh, when you were when you were uh, wrestling, what was your name? What was the your uh, ring name you worked under? And who was and who oh. uh, and who and who trained you? Who trained you and brought you into business? Uh, so my original trainer was uh, Randy the Pimp Taylor, um, who's actually now running uh, Pacific Wrestling Federation up in the Tacoma area. Um, and he, so he was my original trainer. And then I went down and I was working with uh, Tito Carrion down in uh, Hillsborough, Oregon. Been out with his gym. And uh, they would they ran shows every couple of weeks at the at their gym. And so I was down there. My, my career wasn't long. I didn't do a lot of, of wrestling as far as that went. I did a little bit more training. And then I got onto the, again, like I said, the, the business side of it was really where I found where I, where I shone a little bit. Okay, interesting. Yeah, who was your first match that you had with? Do you remember? Uh, the, actually, my first match was a rookie rumble in Tacoma, Washington. Uh, there were ten or twelve guys in there, and uh, I had, after getting eliminated, I had a guy thrown at me uh, from the inside of the ring, which was fun. Uh, but it was a good time. I had a blast. It, yeah, it was in front of uh, three hundred just crazy military members, and it was a blast. Oh, that would be crazy, yeah. All right, brother. That's about all the questions I got for you, man. Congratulations <laughs> on your your organization out there, man. I hope you hope you do well, and hope to look forward to seeing y'all, you know, down the road, whatever. Well, thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Now uh, we have uh, Mr. Grossmith as a guest. Uh, now, the the tough questions we have here for you is, uh, you know, being. Uh, Part of the uh, business, uh, you know, as a promoter, what kind of promoter do you see yourself as or do you want to be? Do you want to be one of those, like, uh, do you want to be like a promoter like 
Vince McMahon who or that uh, just runs the business from backstage, or do you want to be like Stephanie and Shane McMahon who who wrestles every now and then and uh, you know is involved in every aspect? What kind of promoter would you say that you are or you want to be or are going to be? Well, I'm certainly coming back to character. Um, I'll be a part of the show, at least in, in some aspects. Um, but I've said a million times, I'll never wrestle for myself. Um, I don't want to wrestle on my own shows. I'll be, I turn 40 next month. And uh, I've told myself that in 2019, I'd love to wrestle one more match. Uh, but it doesn't count if it's for myself. Uh, I would like to work somebody else's show uh, when, I'm, when I'm ready to. Um, but I, I am a salesman by trade, and, uh, and I do some mobile DJ work, so I'm very comfortable being on a microphone, and I like throwing a party. So, you know, it'll, that'll be kind of more my style is having fun with people and being out there and, and being, being known as a, as a guy who uh, is passionate about the business and wants to bring something back or something new or, you know, always trying to top myself. So that's the, that's the goal for me. Well, you know, the cool thing is, though, if you if you work for yourself, uh, you know, the uh, the promoter doesn't have to pay as much. <laughs> Very true. Very true. I could save myself some money. Uh, now, um, the other thing that we we're, we want to offer you here is if uh, as your promotion gets going, if you have uh, – uh, you know, radio spots and commercials and whatnot, what uh, we want you to do is before your show, we'll send them to us and we'll play them on our podcast here and uh, we'll get your name out there for you. Oh, that'd be fantastic. I'd appreciate that. That's great. Now, start, you know, starting out, uh, you know, <laughs> as, a, as a promoter, it's, uh, you know, it, you know, you, you start out and then, you know, you just branch out and then he eventually takes off. So, you know, I had kind of mentioned that, you know, you, you wanted, you said you want to do as many shows as possible. Now, uh, do you ever want to uh, take your show on the road or do you just want to stay in your home state? Um, I think, I mean, obviously the goal growing as big as you can. I think the road is definitely a, definitely a plan. Um, I'd put that more on my long-term list. Um, and again, there's a lot of just great things going on in the Pacific Northwest. I mean, you got a bunch of companies that are doing really well, some that have been around for a while, some that are new to the scene that are just blowing people's minds. And so I think what ultimately it's going to come down to is, is finding those keys to success that everybody's having. And again, once people stop sleeping on the Pacific Northwest and start looking up this way and see, I mean, there's there's so many talented wrestlers who have, uh, you know, Buddy Wayne's fingertips on them. Um, and uh, it, it's it's just amazing to watch up here. And so the hope is to, to bring that to a more national level. And if the timing's right and the, the uh, opportunity's there, yeah, I'd definitely love to take the show on the road. And, you know, I always ask every independent wrestler, and I know, I know that you're on the promoter side, you don't really wrestle anymore, but if, you know, if you're get to the point where you, like, really, really expand and, you know, you become a threat to the WWE, and I want you to become a threat to them because I'll come work for you. Uh, I'll, I'll even work for minimum wage, but you, you heard it here, folks. 
But here's the thing. If, let's say that uh, your territory, you get really big in your state, and then you get like well known, and you, your wrestlers, uh, their names get out there, and you know the WWE contacts you and say, "I want to buy this for us. I want to buy this for us. I want you to come work for us." Is that something that you ever have a goal to do, or do you just want to stay independent? Uh, you know, that's a, that's that is a tough question. Um, obviously, there's a, a ego inside being a being a, a former wrestler and a promoter and things uh, that I would love to have those phone calls. I would love to have those conversations and, and entertain those kind of uh, of topics. Uh, but I haven't really given it much thought. I mean, I'm so focused on getting this show off the ground and getting things going, and I've had such amazing feedback on everything. Uh, I haven't even considered that being a possibility. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think it would just depend on what the opportunity was. I mean, I'm always open for conversations about any kind of an opportunity or bettering myself or my family's my family's life as well. So, uh, tell us again, uh, where, uh, what uh, city and state you're based out of? Uh, we're based out of Richland, Washington. Okay, so let me ask you this: If you got a call, and I and I know probably already know the answer, but I I, I want to I got to ask this anyway. Let's say you got a call to uh, they want you to pack up. Bring your ring and all your wrestlers to say Fargo, North Dakota, to wrestle in front of a thousand people. They'll pay your travel expenses, uh, but the thing is, we have fifty feet of snow on the ground. Would you still be willing to come out? We're I'm, being in in Eastern Washington. We're actually going through the worst snowstorm we've ever been in <laughs> uh, as of right now, at least as, that I recall. Uh, I can't stand snow, but the rest of that sounds fantastic. So what's a little snow, right? Now, uh, you mentioned uh, Eastern Washington. You're not uh, close to Eastern Washington College, are you? Uh, about two hours south from Eastern Eastern Washington University. Yeah, well, your, uh, uh, your number comes up. Icon, his number comes up based on the uh... – thing when I googled it when I was seeing who it was you're probably closer to Gonzaga right Gonzaga is about the same it's in Spokane it's about two hours north from here uh some of our wrestlers north? are coming okay. down from there but yeah we're close uh, I'm, I'm close that's the nice thing about the Tri-Cities is, is really where I'm at I'm close to everything I'm four hours from Seattle four hours from Portland four hours from Boise two hours from Spokane about four hours from Canada I sit kind of right in this centralized location where are you from Pullman? What's that? Where are you from Pullman, Washington, where Washington State is? So it's it's okay. um hour and a half ish, two hours. Okay. So you're kinda yeah, you're kinda right in the middle of everything then. Okay. Yeah, cool. yeah, which which I think is why a lot of the wrestlers have been excited about the fact that we're doing mm-hmm. something here is because we are pretty centralized. Well, the reason why I asked about uh, Eastern Washington is because uh they uh uh, North Dakota State and uh, Eastern Washington, the Redbirds, uh, have a uh, – well, not the Redbirds, whatever the hell they're called, uh, but that future Red Shield are there. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we have uh, we have a history with those guys. That's why I was asking. Oh, okay. Yeah, the, the, 
Eastern Washington University Eagles. The, yeah, the, yeah, the Eagles. Yeah, that uh, that putrid red field that they got. And when it snows on yep. the field, it mm-hmm. looks pink. Yeah. Yep. And in yep. uh, uh, real quick background about that, in 2010, uh, Brock Jensen was going to the end zone. They said he fumbled, which he did. He crossed the plane before he fumbled. They uh, and they ended up beating us. And then we rattled off uh, seven national championships after they beat us. So you know, oh, yeah. we we got their number. <laughs> you know. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> so, uh, real quick here, uh, and then we got uh, Mr. Mayhem on the, on the way on deck. Uh, if our fans wanted to check you out, uh, do you got a Facebook? You got an Instagram? You got a Twitter? You got a YouTube? What do you got? Uh, they can check us out, uh, facebook.com slash reactivate professional wrestling. Um, and the website will be launching relatively soon. Uh, reactivateprofessionalwrestling.com. That's not launched yet, but it will be launching shortly. Uh, but on Facebook, Reactivate Professional Wrestling is uh, is the group. And then you can also find me uh, at uh, facebook.com slash the Aaron Wild, W-Y-L-D. And then what I'll do here is I'll, uh, I'll text you. Uh, uh, well, I, you have my information on Facebook. I think you're a mess, uh, I think I'm messenger, right? Uh-huh. Uh, if uh, I do, you, uh, I don't know if you you'll have any extra promotional pictures or or any promotional posters or anything from uh, your events. But uh, do you think if you would, uh, you might be able to send us those so we can have some giveaways for our fans? Yeah, absolutely. I have a I have a promotional photo <clears throat> or a, a poster. Yeah, we can take a look at that. Absolutely. And then also uh, any wrestlers that uh, might be. Uh, that uh, might be want to come on our show and just have them send me a message and I'll uh, hook them up and uh, real quick here, then we'll let you go. But the icon made you a cool collector's card. Was that not the coolest thing you ever saw? That was awesome. I loved it. Awesome. I, as a matter of fact, I've got, I'm, I'm getting ready to post it as soon as I get home. Awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, we appreciate you taking time on your schedule to join us and uh, you've been awesome. And uh, like I say, uh, the next time you have an event, if you have radio spots or commercials, uh, uh, send them to me, and then I'll get them onto our board, and then we'll play them before our, our show that uh, the week before and uh, whatever. Whatever you want to start promoting, we'll promote for you. That'd be amazing. I appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks, buddy. All right. Thank, Thank you brother. for having me on. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks. That was awesome, guys. How about that, huh? That was yeah. amazing. So our next guest should be calling in shortly, uh, we hope. Uh, while we're waiting, uh, I just want to let everybody know uh, who our guests are next week. Uh, we have Tanya Crivier, uh, Crivier coming on. Uh, she is known as the world's greatest oh, female know. basketball handler. Uh, she uh, can spend, spin 15 basketballs yeah. at one time. Wow. I was wait. I was waiting for you guys to comment on it. And she is from South Dakota. Uh, she went to South Dakota State. So uh, that thing that you like to harass me with, that little recording about South Dakota being the best Dakota, have that ready. And uh, I have it ready. I, I can play it right now if you'd like. No, you're not. And we have. Uh, and also, we have uh, uh, Wonder Hussy <clears throat> on with us next week. Uh, she is uh, a the female nude artist what she does is she'll she'll pose in a tasteful loca- uh, tasteful pose nude but covered up 
at different locations, and the locations that her body is the canvas. She's going to be on with us. Huh. Oh, wow. Well, I can't. We do have somebody with a 360 number who's on, which is the Seattle. It's the Western Washington area code number. Are we that, expecting that anybody? All right, well, they are on, so go ahead and do your thing. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, he is our third combatant of the night. And if things don't go right, he will kick your ass out of the ring because he's going to bring the mayhem right now. He is Travis Mayhem. Hey, bud, how are you? Thanks for having me on, guys. Now, tell me, is that not the best ring introduction you've ever had? You got it, man. That was great. Awesome. So, what, uh, you know, we uh, just had your buddy on uh, uh, from uh, Revamp Pro Wrestling. Uh, so, what we're going to have you do is give us a little background about yourself, and then we'll ask you some questions. All right, sounds good. And let me remind you, it's actually Reactivate Pro Wrestling. Reactivate. I'm Don't sorry. forget that. That's all right. I'm sorry. My fault. So, tell us about yourself, right. then we'll ask you the questions. All right, so, you know, I haven't been in this business very long. I started ring crewing uh, not quite, not even a year ago um, for uh, Northwest Pro here in um, Kitsap County and as well as Combat Pro Wrestling up in Marysville, Washington. And, I, you know, slowly, the more I learned, I realized, you know, maybe I wanted to step away from, you know, ring crew. So I started becoming a referee at World Underground Wrestling in Bremerton, Washington, which is still here in Kitsap. And, you know, slowly I began, you know, started learning the behind-the-scenes stuff, and that was where my real passion is, and, you know, connecting people who are looking for training and finding them a trainer, and then people who are looking for a place to perform. They have, you know, people got to travel, so, you know, I'm, I'm trying to hook them up with the places where they can perform, and everybody seems to be doing pretty well, and I'm pretty proud that, you know, I, I was asked to uh, give Aaron a hand trying to, uh, you know, to be the vice president of uh, talent relations or reactivate pro wrestling and um as a part of that our first show coming up in april is going to be a hit we have people coming from all over the place and and aaron is getting his phone blown up by people who want to come perform for us so it's exciting times and now let me not forget too i'm also working with fight world federation i am their current general manager and they are also running out of uh bremerton washington currently looking for a more permanent venue now, uh, you're also uh, working on launching your own uh, promotion, too, uh, correct? No, no. I am, um, I am not launching my own promotion. I am helping um, with, you know, I'm working with Reactivate really closely, and I'm working with the, the, the um, promoters for um, Fight World Federation, um, not exactly being the owner, but getting, I'm on the board and shortly will be part of the ownership of uh, Fight World Federation if everything goes correctly. Fingers crossed. We'll see. And you are by trade a referee, correct? Or do you wrestle correct. as well? I do not wrestle. Um, I tried training with uh, one of the Pacific Northwest has a really good training, a lot of good trainers. And I was actually training with J.D. Mason um, for about an hour um, and realized that I cannot be upside down. Um, I get really, really dizzy when I stand back up. So I think it's probably, and I have a bad ankle. It's probably not best for me to be in a ring with someone because I could get myself hurt or even somebody else. So I choose wrestling because at least I can stand in the ring and I can be a part of a show, and it's really fun stuff. And when you, as a referee, now, do you uh, work every single match or do you, do you and a partner wrestle? Or wrestle um, referee? I, I currently, I, we have a, a series of referees, and um, 
I haven't refed in a, quite a while. I've been um, letting other people referee for the companies that I'm working for versus having me out there doing it. And we're bringing in um, – we have up-and-comer uh, – Kendall Marie from 321 Battle um, and Defy Wrestling. She's making her way all over the place. She's an up-and-coming referee. Um, she, I've had, I'm having her come in to work um, our fight world, and she will also be at um, React Beat Pro as one of our referees. Um, we have a handful of guys we use. Uh, I am going to be used as a guest referee if ever I need to referee. But other than that, I'm not refereeing right now currently. Uh, Travis Mayhem is our guest. We have about... Uh... If you can stick with us, we got about 30 minutes here left with you. Uh, we're going to take okay. a little time out. I had uh, sent you a script uh, to do a liner for us. Uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, okay. take care of that now. I'll count you down from five. Then uh, we'll have our co-host ask you the question. I'm going to hit you with the tough questions. All right. I'll see if I can't pull that script up off my phone and not lose you off the call. All right. Well, it wouldn't be the first time someone's hung up on me. Uh, no one ever hangs <laughs> up on these other guys, but everybody likes to hang up on me. It's... Uh, even my own relatives hang up on me. I, as a matter I get of fact, that as a matter of fact, I think all my co-hosts, when uh, they have my name saved under, do not answer this. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'll answer you. Well, I know, I know you will. You, you're one of the few that don't have a restraining order against me too, which I appreciate. Yeah. All right, looks like I found that script. I can. I'm ready when you are. All right, here we go. Ready? Five. Hey, this is Travis Mayhem, and you're listening to the Attitude Era Live with your hosts, the Icon, the Big Swing, Granny Hulkster, and the legend Pretty Boy Doug Masters. Now, speaking of Pretty Big uh, Pretty Boy Doug Masters, we're going to have him uh, go first. Hey, uh, I was going to ask you, Doug, what do you think of uh, the new liner that uh, our guests are saying? Hey, man, I think it just it clicks. It's just clicking good in my brain right now. <clears throat> good, man. Sounds good. Awesome. So, like what that. do you what do you got for our guest there, bud? Hey, brothers, Doug Masters. Hey, um, who uh, who who broke you into business? I know you was going to be a referee or a wrestler and didn't do wrestling. Who who trained you to be a ref? Um, I kind of uh, watching a lot of videos. Um, Jason Amos, uh, the sign guy, um, who's uh, he refs all over the Pacific Northwest. Um, he's the one that I can I can call him my trainer. He's the one I've had face to face with. He's the one I go to with my questions. He's the one who has the answers. Uh, Mr. Pops Ballard has been really good to me um, when I first started refereeing. Um, and, but, you know, like I said, mo- mostly uh, if, who, if, if it was anybody who brought me into the wrestling business, that would be J.D. Mason first. He was the one who gave me my first opportunity to come help him out, putting the ring up, taking the ring down, doing whatever I could do for the whole entire company. I mean, I ran to the store for water. I've done it all. I'm not, a, you know, I'm not opposed to doing anything. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's- Paying your dues, you know what I'm saying? That's Damn right. Good. Yep, <laughs> you got to do it. How many? Yeah, exactly. You got to start oh, somewhere. Yeah. Yep. I heard that. How many? How many uh, matches have you refed all together in your career so far? You want, you, can, you're gonna you're gonna laugh. I've only refereed six matches uh, in my career. They were um, every month up until recently. Uh, I uh, missed one of the wrestling shows. Um, I work nights, and but they covered. They had a referee for that night, and. So, uh, and like I said, I started to get more and more behind the scenes, so my, my, my schedule gets super-duper full. And But, you know, I, it, it's six matches, and, you know, I've learned a lot in those six matches, and, I, and I've actually worked with some really good good guys, and they've taught me a lot too. So I'm, I'm learning as I go. It's really great. 
Awesome, brother. Yeah, you as well as I know, and a lot of people, other boys, you know, the referee can make or break the match. You know what I'm saying? It's always good. It's always good to have a great ref. I know the 26 years I was in the business, uh, I uh, always, yeah, I've, I've been in the ring with good refs. Some of them were didn't have a uh, didn't have no reason to have that, that striped shirt on to be in there. But yeah, if you got a good ref in there, man, it may it does a lot a lot for the match. Certainly, we've got two green guys, you know, that aren't working, but. But you sound like yep. you got everything under control. Well, welcome to the business, brother. Glad to Thanks. have you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. And like well, I said, brother. and we're just trying to we're trying to boost the Pacific Northwest in its entirety. Like we want the this whole entire area, Oregon, um, Idaho, and Washington, and even southern uh, um, Western Canada. You know, we want everybody to just come here again. We want to be a region where people, you know, back in the '80s, Portland was hopping. As a region and a territory, and you know, we want we want to bring that oh, yeah. Pacific Pacific North Wrestling back and make Pacific Northwest Wrestling great. I heard that, bro. I was I worked for Don Owens in the in the early nineties. I think it was ninety two, ninety two through ninety. I don't know when the grapper was up there booking, but yeah, I worked for him uh, back in the late nineties. You know, right before they shut down. But yeah, all right, brother. I appreciate your time and everything. Taking a question from me. Uh, I guess Granny might be up next. You there, Granny? Yeah, I am. Uh, I know you said you haven't refereed that many matches, but what has been your most challenging match you refereed? I'll tell you, um, it wasn't exactly as much as challenging as it was. As this was the first time I took a ref bump, uh, Mister Mean Mark Ferguson, formerly known as the Chef in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, you know, he hit a guy with a chair, and I saw it, and I had to disqualify him. So he snap-married me, and I'll tell you, another reason I know I can't be upside down, because I didn't. That wasn't a fake sell. That was, that was for real, man. I was really dizzy, and I couldn't stand up straight. That was for wow. real. Wow. Yeah. Wow. He's a good guy, man. He, he didn't hurt me. He didn't hurt me at all. He's got a he, gentle giant, I'll tell you, man. He's a great guy, and I, I would work for him anytime. I'll ref his matches anytime. He's a good guy. Well, even though no. I'm not a wrestler, I've had a few wrestlers threaten to throw Granny into the ring a few times and show show them what I've got. You know, I've I've been threatened a few times, but you know, I got too many health issues to to actually do that. So I'll be glad to be somebody's manager or valet, whatever, but, or I'll be in somebody's corner. But I don't ever want to wrestle a, in a wrestling ring. I'm talking no, here. I understand that. I guess the, the 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 thing too would be, and I've always wondered this about referees. Um, you know, obviously with with wrestling, sometimes you know you have that you have that scripted outcome. You know, you know at least the wrestlers know who's going to win the match going in. However, do you know those things? So, for example, when you do. like so, when that guy got DQ'd that you just mentioned, did you know you were going to DQ him, or was that one of those things nope. where? <laughs> okay, you knew so and so was going to win, but you didn't know how. Yeah, and well, and no, the match ended completely different than we practiced, and that's something that I learned in the locker room, and that's something that the referees remind me that you're never going to do what you're scripting out. It's always you're going to always change. Something's always going to change, and always be aware of it, and always be ready to call an audible. So did you? So the thing is, then when you make a decision like that, for example, and you disqualify somebody, and and you know the one who who gets DQ loses obviously. Um, you make that decision, but if you didn't make that decision, would the match have just kept going? You would have found another way, or like I mean, did you get flack for that from people, or was that what you were supposed to do, or like? No, I don't know. From a ref standpoint. 
Yeah, so um, and this is what I, you know, Mr. Pops and, and and Mr. Amos have told me. Like, there there's sometimes you know you just gotta call it. Like, you know, you you see the low blow right in front of your eyes. You see a chair shot right in front of your eyes, regardless of how the finish was. Sometimes you just gotta call it. If you don't call that that illegal chair shot, you know, then you're gonna catch grief from the fans. They know that I should have called that chair shot as a DQ. So I had, like I said, I mm. was. You know, I was surprised because it wasn't supposed to happen. I had to call it right there, ring the bell, disqualification. You know, I had to do it. Mm. Just, you know, I saw it. Unfortunately for the the competitors, that's just the way, you know, I had to call it right down the middle. Now, was the guy who won via DQ the one who was supposed to win or supposed to lose? Yeah, and, and that's the thing. He was supposed to win, but not by DQ. Oh, okay. All right. All right. I right. see. Huh. That's always interesting how you – spur of the moment kind of a call. Cause I've always wondered that watching the high profile matches and watching, you know, when there's a DQ, like in WWE impact wrestling, whatever it may be watching when something like that happens, you know, I know going in sometimes the wrestlers know, and I think the announcers, the play-by-play guys oftentimes know, although Jim Ross didn't always, and he likes it that way. But um, I, I just always wondered about the rest because, you know, the rest kind of have that job of, they got to call it a certain way and the ref can, you know, we've seen refs make, you know, controversial decisions before that, you know, the commentary team plays off as a controversial decision. I've always just kind of wondered if that came into the scripting or if that was kind of something that you're just in the spur of the moment and, and it happens. So, okay. That's cool. Yeah. It's definitely a lot of, there's definitely a lot of improv in it. Definitely. Like I said, you know, um, that's the thing is the way the match ended, um, it, you know, like I said, working in, especially in these close quarters with these independent guys that are out here in this area, you put one guy in there who's been doing it forever. You put another guy in there who has been doing it for a little, only for a little bit. And you know, the vet, the ring general, that guy, he's going to see when he knows when the crowd's not paying attention, they're on their phones. And sometimes you just got to call an audible in the ring and, you know, get the crowd engaged somehow, make the match exciting. And you know what? It was a hit. And the guy did, you know, he did the chair shot and he laughed about it. He thought it was great. He got to, he got to handle me and toss me around a little bit. And he left with a big smile on his face. You know, well, so did the fans. They all loved it. And that's what matters the most is the fans are happy. Well, can somebody tell WWE that, please? But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's one of the things about the, the companies that I've been working for. One of the things is we, we, we really, and I've noticed it a lot, we really like and enjoy getting the, van, the fans involved and the fans you know, if if they're not happy and they're not watching, they're not coming back. Mm, so you got to make the fans happy. Yeah. Uh, we have uh, Travis Mayhem as our guest. We have about uh, maybe fifteen twenty minutes left here with you. So now I'm gonna. I've always asked every independent uh, superstar that we've had on the show this question, and no one has ever answered the same way. Everybody has answered it differently. So I'm going to put this one to you. Two-part question. Now, All right. If you were to, because we know you have the drive to do this, if you were to get a call, say, next week or tomorrow from the WWE, and they want you to come join them, you know, because of the WWE, they say, you can do this, you can't do that, you have to do this, you can go there, you can't go there. Uh, but as an independent, you basically control your own destiny, do what you want. Now, part question, is the WWE something that you'd want to do? That's question one. And question two, if yeah. you do get that multi-million dollar contract, would you still be our friend to still talk to us and not big timers? Oh, definitely. You got it. Got to remember those who brought you up and gave you your first opportunities, right? But right. definitely, I would totally, mm-hmm. if, 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 
if I got a call today and they wanted me to come work for them, you know, working ring crew, lighting, I don't know, catering, I don't care. It's a, it's a good opportunity. You know, they'll pay you well. Another thing I've always wondered, um, you know how uh, a lot of the times we'll ask a wrestler who comes on, hey, did you have, you know, a specific inspiration? Or did you have a, a, somebody you modeled your style after? Who was your favorite, you know, wrestler growing up or coming up? Is it sort of the same thing with referees as well? Like, did you have a particular ref that you used to watch that used to be in some of the big matches that you, you know, that sort of piqued your interest in going down this avenue? You know, growing up, not really. You know, I didn't even know that I, you know, I didn't even know that independent wrestling existed growing up. You know, I watched the youth with my dad whenever we could catch it on, you know, you know, we, we didn't have cable. We had those rabbit ears, you know, yeah. when we were growing up. So if we could catch it on TV, I believe it was like Saturday night something or other, or, you know, it was the old school mm-hmm. WWF stuff or WCW. And, you know, you didn't really get to see a whole lot of uh, the referee on, on the TV, but I was like, yeah, I, I want to be a, ref, a wrestler when I grow up. And even in my twenties, one of my buddies, we goof around after pay-per-views in the living room. And, you know, we were pretty good, you know, living room wrestlers, but, you know, at the same time, you know, I'm not very athletic, you know, but, you know, so growing up, I wasn't really thinking of it. And like I said, I've only been in this business a a, a little less than a year. I really wasn't hit to the independent scene until I got, you know, went, started going to shows locally. And then I started reaching out to the, the promoters and, you know, some of the performers and, other fans and then keep, you know, getting involved more and more and more. And it's like I said, it's just snowballing. It's, and for me personally, it's snowballing. I'm meeting some really good people and they're giving me really good opportunities. You got the powers of B up there at fight world federation coming on as their GM. And you got, uh, Aaron over at reactivate pros giving me the opportunity to, you know, to help out relaunch reactivate pro, you know, it, it's great that, you know, I'm snowballing and, and I'm, at the same time, I'm helping the little guys, that are, you know, that are coming to me, hey, you know, I can't find training in my area, or hey, I can't find a show to perform in in my area, so I'll say, hey, meet so-and-so, or meet so-and-so, and then they just take it from there, and it's working out really well for a lot of people. Now, what is your, what is your favorite thing about uh, the business itself, and what is the thing that you dislike most about the business, whether it be independently or the WWE? <laughs> Well, I just recently uh, resubscribed to the WWE, and at work I listen to to Raw and SmackDown when I'm at work. Uh, I work the graveyard shifts, so I'm not like I haven't been hip to it in a really long time. You know, uh, after like I say, after I grew up, moved out of my parents' house and back and back and just back and forth, I just you know I didn't really have time for cable. It was work, and you know I kind of lost interest in it. Like I said, once I started to slow down and take a look at my life and started to enjoy some outside activities. I started noticing that there was pro wrestling locally, and lo and behold, it was right there in my own backyard. So I checked it out, and I caught the bug. Now, you, uh, how old did, did you? How old are you now? When you say you started into it, got into it? I am now. I'm currently 41. I just turned 41 in December, and I first my first show I want to say was June, July, in Port Orchard, Washington, at Northwest Pro. That was my first show I went to as a fan. I met Joey Ryan, and that was really exciting. Uh, and, you know, it, like I said, it snowballed from there. I figured, like, this is really good. You know, I can – even if it's just ring crew, you know, even as a fan, you know, I wanted to help out a little bit. But, you know, every time I would go somewhere, someone would say, hey, come over here for me. I want to talk to you. I, I like what you're doing. And I'm like, I don't really, – you know, hey, I'll help out any way I can. So, you know, if, if yeah. people are – where can I perform? I got I can, I can list a couple of companies right now that are always looking for one or two new guys on their shows, you know. So, you know. Mm. That's the way it's working out for me. I'm I'm setting people up with the right people. You know, I don't like I said I don't work for just one company, and I, I don't work for myself either. I work for everybody. 
So, uh, Travis, are, are a lot of the shows out in that area? I know how they are. I'm over here uh, in New York. Um, Icons in uh, North Dakota, Granny's in Arkansas, and, and Doug Masters, I believe, is, is Oklahoma, I believe. If I got that wrong, correct me. Yeah. But, um, but uh, for out where you're at, um, are a lot of the shows, the independent shows, uh, more in, like, smaller venues, gymnasiums, for example, or, or smaller you know, like converted bars or whatnot, or are you doing well, stuff in like the, or like the Moda Center in Portland, for example? Well, we, I mean, I've, I've been to shows that are in Elks Lodges. Um, currently where um, Fight World Federation and World Underground Wrestling is, is in a Mexican restaurant. We move all the tables and booths oh, out cool. and put the ring up. Um, <laughs> you've got Northwest Pro running out of Keeping In for the Civic Center. Um, Combat Pro is running out of the Living Room uh, Coffee House in Marysville. Um, I, I'm not too sure where uh, without a cause is running, but in, and they're just get these buildings are just getting bigger. Then you got places like Three Two One out of Evolve Fitness Center in Seattle, um, which is a, a gym okay. and they do training there. You've got Defy Wrestling; they wrestle between Seattle and and Portland. And now these guys are hot, you know what I mean? And they're they're running, I believe, the Washington Hall in, in Seattle, and then another building. I want to say. I can't remember the name of it, but I know, I mean, all you got to do is look up Defy Wrestling on Facebook and you will find out where they're, they're running like almost every week. It once in Seattle, oh, wow. in Portland, Seattle, Portland, Seattle, and it's blowing up up here. But if, if you notice, a lot of it runs up I-5 and where we're doing reactivate is actually in a, if you look at the map of Washington, it's like in the center almost, you know what I mean? You got, you got Salem and Hermiston and Portland and you got Seattle and you've got Canada and you've got, you know, Spokane and Idaho all right there. And it's all, you just drive into the center, you know, boom, right in the middle of Washington. So it's a really a good location for something like this to go on. Do, do these, do these companies want to stay sort of where they're at or, because the, the reason I bring it up again is because I've been to a I've been to a Trailblazers game, so that's why I, I know the arena. But um, you know, for like the Moda Center, for example, in Portland, is too small for a WWE event, but you know, possibly too big for you know what you guys are doing in terms of seating. But I mean, are they looking into going into you know possible smaller, uh, lower uh, smaller market arenas like that, or do they enjoy um, um, being in the places that they're at with that really really small feel? Well, I mean, there are some places that I go to. They enjoy their their small venue. It's intimate. They have, their fans are regulars. You know what I'm saying? You got places like um, Three Two One Battle is totally. It, it, they're really really got a good program, and I go to the shows there, and I stand out kind of in the lobby area, concessions, and watch on the big TV because it, you can't really mm-hmm. get in there. And I don't want to. I think yeah. they're getting too big. They they might want to think of a bigger location, but it's not my place to say. And then, you know, sure. with the way things are running with Defy Wrestling and without a cause, those guys are going to be with, – with the success, the success that they're having, who knows how much they, – they may need to go to a bigger venue as well. Unfortunately, I haven't made a Defy show or a without a cause show because, again, you know, they, they run on weekends that I also have my shows running. So I don't want to run myself too ragged, but I do have people going to those shows and giving me feedback on what's going on at those shows. So I'm aware. Plus, 3-2-1 Battle, they are live on Twitch, most shows. Nice. Okay, so people can watch them from all over the country. That's okay. Cool. Yes. Yes. And like I said, the the, the whole I-5 up from, we got from, I want to say, Without a Cause is Everett, Combat Pro, we got going, they're going on in, in Marysville, and then you got several smaller promotions right here in Kitsap County on the Kitsap Peninsula, and then south to, to Portland, you've got 
Defy Wrestling down there, you know, over in Hermiston, you got Prestige, and they're getting really big. They may be getting too big for their britches as well. And then you've got NWWA and WCWC over in Eastern Washington, Spokane area. Like, there's lots going on, and it, all they need is, you know, like like your podcast here. I'm telling the world they're out there, and I'm telling the rest of the, you know, Pacific Northwest, wrestling right here in your own backyard. Just look me up on the phone, and I will, on Facebook, and I'll I'll point you in the right direction. Now, speaking of that, because, uh, you know, not that I'm bragging or anything, but uh, Granny and Doug and uh, Big Swing will be the will, – will be the first all admit that I'm the guy that, that gets all the guests for the show. And I'm pretty proud of that fact, but uh, would you, uh, with your connections, be able to hook us up with uh, some good guys? Uh, oh, definitely all the time. And, and I've been in touch with you too, and I can keep in touch with you. And like I said, some of the names already dropped on you. You've already been in contact with, so <laughs> you know what I mean? And, right. and that's a good, you know? Yeah. So anybody that comes my way, um, and I feel like they you, they could benefit from having you know a chit chat with you guys. Uh, I'll definitely send them your way. And uh, believe it or not, uh, and uh, my co-host might uh, second this. You guys can just say I, but uh, would you guys believe that the icon likes the female wrestlers as guests? Uh, yeah, a little too much. Okay, well there you go. Uh, I, I right. think I hold the Guinness Book of World's Record for most restraining orders. Uh oh. You know. <laughs> but uh, just if if you send a, send me a female wrestler, just don't tell them that we'll 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 cross that bridge. We'll, we'll burn that bridge when we get there. But, uh, All right, I'll keep that so, un- under my hat. Yeah, if uh, we got about five minutes here left with you, uh, we have Travis Mayhem as our guest. So if our fans wanted to check you out. Uh, Maybe uh, hire you out and uh, maybe help you uh, uh, or uh, have you help them uh, get going in their promotions, whatever they're doing. Uh, you got a Facebook, you got a YouTube, you got an Instagram, you got a Twitter. What do you got? I'm basic on, and I'm on uh, Facebook, and you can find me under Travis Mayhem, and that's Mayhem with an E, or with it, yes, M E H M M E Y H E M, Travis Mayhem, and just hit, send me a, a message. Um, I, all it takes, you give, give me, send me one message and it always shows up at the top in my other's box. And I, and I usually like to respond back to people as soon as possible. So yeah, just, you can send me a message there. Um, and then also mayhem management, one word, um, also with an E at gmail.com is my email address. That's where I receive any booking information that includes, you know, fees that you, they, that book, you know, that wrestlers charge any promotional photos they want to send me. Um, entrance music, anything, you know what I mean? I'm, I, I, I try to get a, a lot of everything and then pass it along to who I know. That's awesome. Now, uh, real quick here, uh, you know, the icon had made you a, a cool collector's card. I was going to ask your opinion on that. Well, that was awesome. As soon as he sent it to me, I, I posted that on Facebook. And I said, look at that. Look at that. I got a baseball card. You know, I used to collect baseball cards in the 90s, and it, it looked just like the baseball cards I used to collect. It was great. Yeah, but this one's better because your picture's on it. That's right. And, uh, That's right. You know, I appreciate it, that, too. Yeah, you know, the cool thing is that card is one-on-one, so you can probably mm-hmm. uh, print it out and sell it for a, a hefty price because there's there's no other card like it. Because what I do is once the card is made, the uh, the the printing plate is destroyed. So no other card nice. is made. That's excellent. Definitely. I appreciate it. So real quick here, guys. Uh, uh, 
Doug asked his question. Granny asked his question. Big Swing asked his. Uh, with your uh, schedule, you know, you mentioned you, you're working the graveyard shift, which is really cool. I used to do that. Uh, do you uh, do you plan on uh, doing the wanting to do the wrestling full time so you don't have to do the graveyard shift, or are you always going to do the, the graveyard shift as a backup? Well, you know, I, I I wish I wish I could make the money that that I could, it would take to to, to retire full time. I'm retired from landscaping. Um, I've done that for 20 years, and so the the graveyard shift at a gas station is just nice and relaxing and easy. And I do, you know, I get a lot of uh, messages throughout the night. So, I you know that's when I get a lot of my messages sent back out. And I hate I always apologize. Sorry for the late night response, but you know this is me. I work nights. <laughs> so far, nobody's having an issue with it. So that's all. That's great. Now, his, uh, his, uh, you know, working the graveyard shift, you know, uh, you know, being like in my hometown, you know, I'm pretty well known, you know, I'll go into the store and people say, Hey, I can how you doing or something. Now do people, uh, when you're behind the counter recognize you say, Hey, weren't, weren't you the referee at that show the other day? Do, do you ever have that happen to you? Uh, once so far, um, where I work at the gas station so far away from the, um, freeway that, what we usually get is commuters coming in and out of of local town, and but I do make every you know people who come into my store all the time. I make them aware of, of what's going on. Wait, I got wrestling this weekend. Are you interested? And some will stick around and and listen, and and some like no, I'm not interested. But you know, tit or miss, you know. Well, that's awesome, you know. Yeah. And uh, the other thing, uh, we, you know, we'll give you the same thing uh, when you're uh, when your company has uh, shows that you want to promote. Uh, if you guys have radio spots or commercials, uh, uh, send them to me, and then we'll uh, we'll promote your show for you. Definitely, I will do that. Yes, we're uh, for World Underground uh, Wrestling. We have flyers every, for every show. Um, Northwest Pro, I'm waiting on some um, flyers for them. Also, you know, Combat Pro. I, I what I do is I also have another Facebook page. It's called Pacific Northwest Pro Wrestling Connection, and I really don't write anything in my posts. I just share. Events coming up, flyers, and, you know, whatever comes across my timeline, it's like, oh, there we go. Send it there. Oh, send it there. Get it out there. It's not a very big page, but it gets shared enough that people are seeing it, and that's what matters. You know, get, word of mouth doesn't always work around here. you got to have, you know, digital media is – you have no idea just how great social media and having, you know, Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, wildfire, man. You just – all it takes is two people, and they tell two people, and they tell two people, and there you go. You're, that's how it works around here. Yeah, and that that is cool, you know. And uh, if uh, there's any events that you want, uh, you're free to post on. Uh, uh, you know, you can tag me, and then uh, you know uh, any event that you have, and then uh, people see it. You can also post the stuff on uh, our Facebook page, Off the Ropes. And the reason why it's still called Off the Ropes is because Facebook are a bunch of jerks. Uh, they won't let us change it because they say Attitude Era Live is offensive. Oh, that's not fair. <laughs> Yeah, I know it's uh, it's it's ridiculous. So, uh, uh, you guys got anything else for our guests before we uh, let them go? Uh, get ready for the graveyard shift to uh, uh, be the uh, the. Uh, well, I suppose you uh, are you in an area where they have to prepay. Yes, definitely. I guess you could call me the referee of. The graveyard shift because you can't get your gas without me. Or or would you, you or would uh, or <laughs> would uh, is pump Nazi too uh, 
too uh, too racist? No, but I'm, I wouldn't consider myself that the Nazi. I don't like no. You can't have gas. Ha ha. No, <laughs> I'm a real friendly guy. I have learned my lesson throughout the graveyard shift to let the customers come in and say hi and good morning to me first because I get a lot of people walking in grumbling, telling me I'm way too energetic. So <laughs> it's quite the opposite on the day crew. <laughs> yeah, because you know, it, you know, uh, real quick, uh, then we'll let you go. But I used to work at Super American the Cities, and uh, you know, it was prepay only, and I used to, uh, I used to. Uh, uh, you know, tell people uh, you must prepay before you fill up. And this guy came and said, "What are you, the pump Nazi?" I said, "Yeah, no gas for you. Back in line." You know, <laughs> that's where I came up with that. But anyway, I'll tell you what, Travis. Uh, we appreciate it uh, for taking time out of your schedule. And uh, uh, any other wrestlers that you can throw our way, we would appreciate it. And we'll definitely have you back on again as well. All right, I appreciate you guys having me on, and thanks again. Thanks for being on. Have a good night. All right, you guys have a good night. Bye-bye. All right, Travis Mayhem, bringing Mayhem to Monday night. Hey, uh, so, guys, real quick here. Uh, you know, uh, there's there's a few guests that I, I got booked. Uh, you know, I can't mention them all because I need to uh, lock up the contract with them, but there is one that's going to be on that I'm, I'm really excited for. Uh, we are going to have Bo Duke. The original Bo oh, Duke, man. John Schneider, Bye, on this show. That's awesome. In April, for his birthday, he is going to be on the show to talk to us. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I love and, uh, the Dukes of Hazard. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was my – he's. I, I, I love John Schneider. He's an awesome actor. And we're also going to have Byron Cherry, his replacement on the show, is going to be on this mm-hmm. show with us. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I don't like to brag, but I do. Uh, how far is this show going to go? How big is it gotten? And how big is it going to get, ladies and gentlemen? Nothing is stopping this show. We ain't going away any time soon. And I'm proud to announce, believe it or not, what month are we in right now? February. I have guests booked up now until the end of January 2020. Wow. That's great. So I done. That is. Granny, you got to stick with us. Doug Masters, we love you. We want you to stick with us. You know, I'll tell I you will. The bad thing is, uh, you know, we, we know that you had the ankle thing, and we, we want you to uh, – a couple questions for you. Uh, you know, the cool thing is, uh, when we started uh, having our guests uh, add you in the promo, uh, mm-hmm. that's when got hurt. So I, I apologize. <laughs> yeah, so I apologize for that. And, uh, you know, being injured, aren't you supposed to kayfabe that? But being injury? You got kayfabe? Yeah, aren't you supposed to kayfabe that? No, I'm not in the ring no more. I don't kayfabe it. Plus, it didn't happen in the ring, so. It happened at All home. right, okay. All right. Going to bed. Did you happen to catch? Did you happen to catch uh, the end of Raw by any chance? What were we doing the show? Uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm right at the point where Bobby Lashley's coming out. All right. Do you want me to tell you what happens, or do you want me to, uh, to earmuffs you? Uh, you can tell me what happens. Go ahead. Okay. So, um, end of the show. 
okay? This was another interesting twist that I think WWE finally did right, and the reason I'm bringing it up, it was, it was very Attitude Era-esque, which, as you know, makes me tingle a little bit because that was my favorite era, but um, they had the big celebration for Ric Flair, okay? So we had everything that came out. You know, we had every, everything that, that went on with Ronda Rousey relinquishing the title. We had the... You know, Roman Reigns coming back, Becky going to jail, the whole the whole shebang, okay? Then, at the end of this match, they have Shawn Michaels come out. They have Sting come out. They have, you know, all these people who know Ric Flair, who have been Ricky with him. Ricky the Dragon you know, Steamboat come out. Yeah, everybody. Like, and they Kurt had Angle. all the legends, everybody Kurt who knows Angle. him. Kurt Angle. They finally introduced Ric Flair, and they said, ladies and gentlemen, here's the legend Ric Flair. The Nature Boy's music goes off, nobody comes out. Everyone's sitting there looking, going, what, you know, what the hell, you know, where is he? They, they take a shot to the back to a man dressed in all black, pulling the cameraman in the locker room, finally shutting the door to Ric Flair's locker room. There's some banging and stuff going on, stuff coming out. Finally drags out an unconscious Ric Flair and lays him down, takes off his sunglasses. It's Dave Batista. Okay. Yep. And, Batista, and Batista says, you know, do I have your attention now, Hunter? You know, like this, and uh, and and so obviously Triple H runs to the back. Batista's nowhere to be found. But this is interesting to me. Why are they bringing back Batista, and why did they have him attack Flair? So interesting to me. Um, I thought it was a pretty cool ending, personally. Well, you know, um, you know, you know, Big Swing. Back in back, you know, a few years ago, Batista was and. Triple H and Ric Flair and Randy Orton were part of Evolution. Okay. They I do were remember all that, yeah. in that at the time of Evolution. And they turned on Batista. If you remember, they turned on Batista. And they ended up turning on Randy Orton, too, eventually, too. But they turned on... Well, wasn't Batista it Orton first? Maybe... Hmm? Was it yeah, Orton, Orton first? Orton first? Or... Yeah. Well, I think so, but but then they turned they ended up turning on Batista, so maybe this is just a little way of um, Batista's way of you know maybe getting back at. Him. Now, see, I've met Batista. I when I worked for when I worked for you know Walmart, you know we always had the big shareholder meetings every year, you know in Fayetteville, Arkansas, and. One time I got to work one of the concession stands, you know, help during shareholders, and they had a big tent set up, you know, and um, at first I thought I was going to be able to go in there, but because I um, I was working for the um, the call center at the time, you know, they said, oh, this is for shareholders, but um, I did talk to somebody, you know, I said, hey, you know, my son is especially, you know, special needs child, you know, he has a mental illness, you know, and I would really like, I mean, I said, I just want to get Batista's autograph from him. That's all I want. I said, and then as soon as I get that, I will be out of the tent, I promise. So they actually let me go in, and I got to meet Batista, and I got to shake that man's hand, and I got his autograph, and oh, my goodness. I mean, I knew he was big on TV, but oh, my goodness, my goodness, my goodness. I was just absolutely stunned <laughs> you know he shook my hand he says please meet you ma'am you know and I'm like whoa you know I was like <laughs> but it, it was awesome it, but Batista did, did was you, a really uh, nice guy about, he was uh, awesome did you ask about uh, what it's like guarding the galaxy too 
Well, that was before that was before that ever came along, Icon. I mean, that was that was before he ever did Guardian of the Galaxy. I mean, that was when he was still wrestling. I mean, because I mean, I worked for Walmart. Let's see, I had to quit Walmart in 2012, so that was before then. So. You know, and uh, Big Swing, I was going to ask you, you know, I sent you some footage, uh, and I'm surprised you never uh, answered back on this, uh, but uh, uh, your gal Alexa Bliss was topless last week. Um, yes, I, I, I missed that. Um, I haven't had a chance to really watch what you sent me either with all of the uh, Skidmore stuff. I'm definitely going to look at it, however. Um but uh, topless, like, what do you mean? Like, how so? And, you know, and the icon got you a present, too. Well, I saw the edge box. That was dope. Saw that. Yeah, that I, was pretty yeah cool. I got you, I got you, the, uh, I got you the, the deluxe edge uh, and uh, Seth Rollins' uh, Money in the Bank uh, collector's uh, figures. Saw that, and that was awesome. And I can't wait to have those, you know, so I can... Uh, Celebrate with them a little bit, but um, let me uh, let me just say this: we actually are over time now, so it's um, it, it, the, the system is starting to act up. It's telling me I gotta I gotta shut it. So I just want to uh, do yeah. this real quick. You think you know me? Easily the number one superstar of all time, in my opinion. I will talk to you guys next week, Pretty Boy Dog Masters, Granny Hulkster, and the Icon. And we got a pretty interesting uh, show next week. And uh, stay tuned to the Facebook to check that out. See ya. Dead man walking. You've done it now.